Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium. On Thursday, May 4th, 2023, we are in May already, and I suspect that all of you know what we'll be talking about, but first, just let me take care of the housekeeping. Remember, there is no vid chat tomorrow. The vid chat will uh, resume for the month of May next week. And just a reminder to everybody, please remember to keep checking the schedule before these vid chats. It is that time of year when the weather is very unsettled. In fact, today we are having off and on bouts of thunderstorms all day. Uh, right now it's raining, but it's not thundering. So hopefully uh, they will continue not to be severe. However, as most of you know, during such storms my little dog tends to get very anxious and ballistic so anyway please keep checking the schedule uh, so that in case I have to reschedule a vid chat you will be up to speed now I suspect that all of you know what we'll be talking about today and that is the alleged Ukrainian drone attack on the Kremlin I have a lot of observations about this and in fact, I'm really not commenting on any one particular article, although I am going to reference here in just a few seconds the Zero Hedge article on it. But the real purpose of my uh, talk today is what I suspect may be going on here with this alleged drone attack. So referring to the Zero Hedge article, the article is titled... Russia's Medvedev calls for elimination of Zelensky and his clique after the drone attack. This is datelined Wednesday, May 3rd. And I will read just a few of these paragraphs to you. I'm going to start actually toward the end of this article because there's one piece in particular of important information in it. Quote, the incident occurred on late Tuesday night, and both unmanned aircraft fell on the grounds of the Kremlin in Moscow, according to the president's office. His schedule was not affected. The aircraft were downed using electronic warfare measures and caused no casualties or damage, it said in a statement. Moscow considers the incident an act of terrorism. Uh, and in the Russian reporting here, we are uh, being told that there were two such drones, not just one, two. The statement from the Russian presidency's office emphasized, quote, we consider this a pre-planned terrorist action and an attempt against the Russian president. It happened ahead of Victory Day parade, on May 9th, that's the big Russian Victory Day parade every May, celebrating the end of what they call the Great Patriotic War, the end of World War II. When foreign guests planned to be present, the statement detailed two unmanned aerial vehicles were aimed at the Kremlin as a result of timely actions taken by the military and special services using radar warfare systems, the devices were disabled. Initial videos from the attack are being widely circulated, strongly suggesting the accuracy of the Kremlin's statements of a nighttime attack on central government buildings in Moscow. However, 
they do appear to show a direct strike of at least one of the drones on a building. Fire can be seen atop the roof of one of the iconic buildings of the Moscow Kremlin complex. In fact, the building, I think, is one of the main uh, apartment and office complexes inside the Kremlin, uh, the famous yellow and white building that I'm sure most of you have seen. As a result of this terrorist act, the president of the Russian Federation was not injured, his work schedule has not changed, and it continues as usual. So there you have it. The Russians are saying, first of all, it was more than one drone. It was two. It was brought down by special electronic radar warfare means. I strongly suspect that what that means is uh, close microwave uh, beams, close defense microwave beams and that they're viewing this more or less as an attack in preparation, possibly, for another attack on the Russian May Day Parade celebrations. And in fact, that will be a target-rich environment, because as everybody knows, that parade invites lots of foreign dignitaries. The diplomatic corps in Moscow is always present for this thing, so this is, I think, the legitimate concern of the Russians. Now, let me back up and start from the beginning of this article and read the following paragraphs. Quote, outspoken former Russian president and current deputy chairman of the Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, said on Wednesday in a post on social media that the overnight drone on the Kremlin has left Moscow with no options but to eliminate the Ukrainian President Zelensky and his clique. Essentially, he's calling for a decapitation strike on the government of Kiev. As for Zelensky, he's vehemently denied his government was behind the attack, which Russia is asserting was an assassination attempt on targeting Putin. And U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken weighed in, casting doubt on Russia's narrative. I cannot in any way validate them, said Blinken, who was at an event with the Post to preview the 2023 World Press Freedom Index. Quote, we simply don't know. Second, I would take anything coming out of the Kremlin with a very large shaker of salt, unquote. And then skipping down for uh, just a couple more paragraphs into this article. Quote, even though the Ukraine has denied involvement, pro-Kremlin voices are calling for revenge. In a social media post, Vyacheslav Volodin, the chairman of Russia's lower house of parliament, said, quote, we will demand the use of weapons capable of stopping and destroying the Kiev terrorist regime, unquote. The reaction out of lawmakers in Russia's state Duma has been predictably hawkish. Also with prominent Russian uh, member of parliament Mikhail Sheremet reportedly saying, quote, it's time to launch a missile attack on Zelensky's residence, unquote. Now, that's an interesting statement because what residence is he talking about? Zelensky's residence in Kiev? or Zelensky's residences elsewhere in Europe and, incidentally, in this country. Now, that bit of ambiguity brings me to my speculations about this whole incident. And I must be honest with you, I'm 
I'm torn because for once I don't disbelieve the regime in Kiev. Now, granted, they have been caught lying time and time again. So has the misadministration in Swampington, D.C. And for that matter, the Russians have been caught lying on a couple of occasions. You know, this is typical in wartime. But I want to point out to you that, number one, if this is a Russian false flag, it seems to me to be a rather lame one because nothing in the Russian narrative is really changed by whether or not they committed this act. They did not need a causus belli. They already had one. And they did not need any excuse to go all the way to Kiev if this is their inclination. They can already do that anyway. So I don't see... I really have difficulty seeing the Russians as being behind this. The only thing that has changed is that they can now at least claim that they have a reason to decapitate the government in Kiev. Uh, now, how that decapitation proceeds is a different matter. Will it be uh, a tit-for-tat response with drones and missiles, or will it also involve covert operations? Now, this is what I think the Russians are really gearing up for, is an unleashing of, of, we just saw them a couple of weeks ago talk about consideration of asymmetrical warfare. So in other words, I think they are seriously considered unleashing massive covert operations against the, uh, the Zelensky regime and possibly other components of the Western oligarchy. Uh, and I think that little statement about strikes against Zelensky's residences may be code for that. And we've also seen the Ukraine claiming responsibility, let's not forget, for the bombing death of Alexandra Dugina, the daughter of Alexandra Dugin, some months back. So I think, I think this latest episode is kind of the last straw. But please note, the narrative really hasn't changed that much by this incident. And therefore, I tend, I'm not entirely convinced of this, but I tend to dismiss that this was something that Russia did to itself. Now, the second thing I tend to believe is Zelensky's statement that no, the Ukraine is not behind this. Now, let's remember something very significant here. Zelensky himself, at the time this attack occurred, was in Finland. He wasn't in the Ukraine at all. And he has vehemently denied that the Ukraine has any responsibility in the attack. Now, as far as Zelensky is concerned, that may be true. What I'm suggesting is that there were opportunistic forces within the Ukraine itself that may have taken advantage of Zelensky's absence and launched this attack. So that means, in my opinion, that you've got a very wobbly government in Kiev and that things are spinning wildly out of control. Now, does that mean, too, that these were Ukrainian elements? And my answer is no. Because there's one 
all-important missing piece that no one is talking about. And that's the debris from the drones. Now, I've looked at these videos of the drones and the shoot-down of the drone over that building in the Kremlin. And I wish I could remember what the name of that building is. <clears throat> but we all know it. We've all seen it. And to me, the drone does not appear to be large enough, or drone or drones, does not appear to be large enough to cause any significant damage to the building, let alone target any interior chambers within it for the purpose of assassinating President Putin. It strikes me more that someone is sending a message. Now, I strongly suspect, folks, that we're looking at a third party here, neither Russia nor the Ukraine, being officially involved in this whatever it was. Uh, I rather suspect that you're looking at a third party, someone who wants to, to drive an escalation of this conflict, and that someone, I, I strongly suspect, is that faction that we've been calling Mr. Global Looney, Mr. Global Loney, uh, perhaps even the fascist international, whoever you want to call. Uh, the, de the missing debris here is crucial because the debris will tell us where the drone originated. In other words, what country manufactured it? Was it Turkey? Was it Iran? Was it Russia? Was it Japan? Was it China, the United States? In other words, who made these dang drones? That will tell us a lot about the drone and where the attack originated. Uh, and number two, what kind of drone was it? Was it a drone capable of doing the kind of damage or being used in the kind of attack that the Russians are claiming? So in other words, if Russia's correct, they need to produce the evidence that will show that these drones are capable of, of attacking the president or any other official of the Russian Federation. So I, I'm questioning this whole narrative here. Back when I was a boy, you may remember, some of you who know your history well, that the United States was running U-2 flights over the Soviet Union during the Khrushchev-Eisenhower and then subsequently the Khrushchev-Kennedy era. And toward the end of the Eisenhower administration, one of these U-2s was actually shot down by the Soviets. And, of course, America was stunned because we did not think the Soviets had the capability to shoot down an aircraft that high using a, a ground-to-air missile over the Soviet Union, which is exactly what the Soviets did. But the subsequent... Uh, theater was interesting because the Soviets, of course, captured the U-2 pilot, Francis Gary Powers, but they also gathered together all the wreckage of that U-2 and displayed it on television. And folks, as I've pointed out in my, in my book on, on the Kennedy assassination and LBJ and all of that stuff, as I pointed out in that book, 
the wreckage that you saw on Soviet television, and you can see pictures of that wreckage, does not look like the kind of wreckage that you would expect to occur from a missile strike on an aircraft. It looks rather like the kind of wreckage you would see if the aircraft was being ditched. And I speculated at the time that what Khrushchev was doing was that he was sending a message to Eisenhower by displaying that kind of debris for Eisenhower himself to see that Khrushchev was sending a very subtle message that, no, we didn't shoot this down. Someone else within your government took steps to sabotage this mission. Now, I suspect that if we're dealing with the same sort of third player, a third party that is not the Ukraine or the, or the Russians, but possibly some rogue element within the West, that sooner or later the Russians are going to have to produce the debris from this drone. If they do not, I would be suspicious. Given the amount of time it takes between this attack and showing the debris, I would also be suspicious. But I want to see where the drone was manufactured, and I want to see the kind of damage that the drone might have been capable of doing had it been able successfully to carry out its attacks. It's the debris and the unusual fact that there is no discussion about it in any of the stories I've seen thus far about this incident that has me raising my, my red flags of, of high-octane suspicion here. So that's it for the moment, folks. This is definitely a story we're probably going to be watching and either discussing in blogs or future vid chats or uh, possibly even on another News and Views. So that's it for today's News and Views, folks. I'll see you on the flip side. Remember, there's no vid chat tomorrow. Uh, that will be next week. Bye-bye and God bless everybody. I'll see you on the flip side.